Hello, my friends. Oh my God, CBC Kids News is so gross. It's written by adults targeting kids, read by child actors, and the whole idea is to propagandize young people. It's so gross. Trudeau set it up about five years ago, and wouldn't you know it, they took on the trucker convoy in the federal court ruling, and they did so with a pack of lies. I'll take you through their lies. I'd love it if I could show you what they did, for that, you need the video version of this podcast. Go to rebelnewsplus.com. That's what we call the video version. Click subscribe. It's 8 bucks a month. You get my show every weeknight, but you also get the satisfaction of knowing that Rebel News will survive because that's what we use the 8 bucks a month for. And you might think 8 bucks a month, that's not a lot of dough. Well, if enough people chip in 8 bucks a month, we can pay a whole staff. So please consider doing it not just for the content, but to keep Rebel News strong. Go to rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, the CBC's creepy kids propaganda channel publishes lies about the trucker convoy. It's February 2nd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. The CBC has a bizarre propaganda channel targeting children. I'm not talking about kids' TV shows that are just for fun, like maybe Sesame Street. I'm talking about a really weird news channel written by adults, sometimes spoken by child actors, but written by adults, always on propaganda issues, always targeting children when their parents aren't there to protect them. It's creepy. It's weird. It was started under Justin Trudeau for obvious reasons. Here's an example of some of the stories. Here's one on kids suing the government about climate change, which is a really good fit for them because, of course, those are just child actors too, handled by adult manipulators, handled by lawyers. The children are not going to baby court or something. The CBC runs with the story with a straight face as if the kids were actually the deciders here rather than window dressing, covering up the NGOs behind it. Child actors, it's gross. Or this story about transitioning away from fossil fuels, just pure propaganda. Are you sensing a theme here at all? Here's another one I, I made the mistake of watching. They thought they would bundle up every anti-Donald Trump insult and conspiracy theory and make a little video about it in the name of kids' news. They're so gross. I'm not just talking about their biases, of course. Of course, we know the CBC is hard left wing. I'm talking about adults writing news targeting kids and getting child actors to say the words. It's so creepy. It feels like something like a, like a predator would do or something to hide from the parents, how they're talking to your kids. Of course, they're full on with Trudeau's anti-child agenda, including promoting transgenderism, being absolutely obsessed with legalized marijuana. Like I say, they're predators. Like, stop talking to kids about marijuana and transgenderism when their parents aren't there. It's gross. I really don't pay much attention to CBC News kids, and I'm not sure if actual kids do either. Most of their videos, I scan their YouTube page, have, I don't know, about a thousand views each. I can't imagine any normal teenager would naturally trust a government outlet, let alone think of the CBC as a source for news. It's so condescending, it's so boring, it's so woke, but who knows? They're obviously doing it for a reason. 
Maybe the whole reason is simply designed to impress Justin Trudeau and keep the tax dollars flowing to the CBC. Like all government media, they really don't care about their actual audience except that one viewer, Justin Trudeau, who controls their money. So maybe no one's watching it. But look at what the CBC Kids News wrote about now. This is the story that caught my eye. Shutdown of convoy protests was unreasonable, judge rules. Hmm. And it's written by Angelica Cooper. As you can see, she's got the danger hair, which is usually a political warning signal, don't you think? Here she is in her Twitter feed, which is now locked after I tweeted about her. She says, producing fun at CBC, co-chair out CBC. I want to know about your favorite thing. She, her. <laughs> Not to be mean, but I actually don't think she does produce fun. I, I sometimes look stern too, I guess, but I get the feeling that Angelica Cooper, the co-chair of Out CBC, hasn't had a day of fun in her whole life, but she's in charge of writing propaganda for your children. Here's what she wrote just a couple days ago. Here's what you need to know, fancy star. A federal judge has ruled that the use of the Emergency Act to stop demonstrators from gathering during the 2022 convoy protests in Ottawa was unreasonable. The Emergencies Act is a law that gives the federal government extra powers in emergency circumstances. The new ruling goes against a previous ruling that said the use of the act was justified given the circumstances. Hang, hang on. That's not true. I mean, sure, there was a judge about a year ago who did an inquiry. Judge Rulo was his name. He was handpicked by Trudeau to have an inquiry, the terms of which were written by Trudeau. But, but it wasn't a trial. It wasn't a court case. That judge, he was a judge, but he didn't issue a court ruling as a judge. Uh, he wrote a report, his opinion. It, it wasn't a trial. It wasn't a judgment. It, it wasn't a verdict. I'll keep going. On January 23rd, federal court justice Richard Mosley ruled that Trudeau's decision to use the act was unreasonable. He said that it violated one of the rights in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which allows groups of people to gather and protest. This goes against a previous ruling from February 17, 2023, where a judge decided that Trudeau's use of the Emergencies Act was justified. It's not true. That, that's a lie. The federal court hearing was the first time the invocation of the Emergencies Act was tested in court by a judge. What Judge Rulo did a year ago was not a court case. It wasn't a court ruling at all. Last week's ruling didn't go against a previous ruling. It was the first and only time a real court has had a real hearing about the Emergencies Act. Why is Angelica Cooper lying? Well, not to be blunt, I, I think that's her job. I'll keep going. The law gives the Canadian government extra powers when existing laws, which guide institutions like the police, aren't enough. This can include the ability to break up protest encampments and even freeze bank accounts. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. that That's just wrong. It's wrong in so many ways. that I, I think it actually took a lot of talent to get it that wrong. The Emergencies Act doesn't permit peaceful protests to be broken up. It only allows that if the protest is about to become violent, like a riot, and, and regular laws do that too. That, that's what the law says. That's what the court confirmed. The Emergencies Act does not allow bank accounts 
of peaceful protesters and their families to be frozen. It does not allow that. It does not allow peaceful protests to be broken up. That's what the court just said. That's what the whole ruling was about. Did, did Angelica Cooper even read the judgment? Because it specifically said the opposite of what she just wrote. You're not allowed to break up peaceful protests with the emergency act. You're not. You're not, you're not allowed to freeze bank accounts under the emergency act. Like, that's what the ruling said. Why would she lie like that? I don't know. The Emergency Act does not allow Trudeau to do those things, even though Cooper and the CBC really, really want it to allow him to do those things. But the court has ruled only one ruling, the one last week, and it specifically said those things are not allowed under the Emergency Act. That's the whole point. What a weird lie. I'll keep reading. The case was between the Canadian government and four different applicants, including two national organizations representing protesters affected by the Emergencies Act. These groups were the Canadian Constitution Foundation and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, which say they work to protect the rights and freedoms of Canadians. That's almost true, but almost true is another way of saying false. The Canadian Constitution Foundation and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association were in court, but they were there as interveners in the public interest. It's in, they, they were there on their own to serve the interests of civil liberties. They, they literally were not they're representing protesters. Other lawyers did that. That's just such a basic fact. Again, I have to ask, did Angelica Cooper even read the court case? Of course not. She got everything she needed to learn about the court case from watching Liberal Party press conferences. She just lies. I'll read more. This ruling is different from the decision made in February 2023 by Justice Paul Rulo. Rulo ruled that the government's use of the Emergencies Act was justified because the protest was a national emergency. No, sister, that, that wasn't a ruling. He didn't rule. You keep using that word ruling. It does not mean what you think it means. A ruling is a court judgment issued from the court as a after the trial of facts and law. Judge Rulo didn't have a trial. He didn't issue a court ruling. It wasn't a court it was an inquiry, and then he gave his personal opinion, but it's not a court ruling. It's obvious why the CBC keeps saying this. They want to undermine the actual court ruling, the only court ruling, but they're lying, and they're lying to kids. Or as the CBC would say, it's disinformation. Targeting children when their parents aren't there. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, too. <laughs> you know, Pierre Polyev uh, keeps saying he'll defund the CBC. If he doesn't shut down this bizarre children's predator unit on his first day in office, there's something terribly wrong. Stay with us for more. Yeah. We didn't know much. I would say like right now it's really, really hot. This is Texas. But since we are here, we did uncover some information that we want to share with you. So first of all, the main reason why we went all the way here, it's because of the legal battle between Greg Abbott and President Joe Biden. So as you know, uh, Greg Abbott have decided to fight back 
against what he called the lawless policy of Joe Biden regarding immigration. So he started in 2021 the Operation Lone Star, but we can see a little bit of what is going on. So we have already here in Shelby Park where previously was a hit point for illegal crossing. But now this park is really, really secure. Um, we have shipping container that have been put all around the Rio Grande with like a lot of razor wire around. And uh, also there is a huge fence, but now there is the Texas National Guard that are operating there. Also as the uh, Texas Department of Public Security. So what I can actually tell you right now is like there's almost no crossing here. So what we heard so far is like now there's some migrants that are being processed in Mexico before they are crossing into the bridge. But there is still illegal crossing that is happening and this is in Kemado, about roughly 20-25 minutes drive. So on this town is less secure because there is a lot of private land and uh, they, they did put some razor wire but at night there is Border Patrol that are patrolling the area. There is also some um, camera, camera tower. There is helicopter. There is a lot of um, manpower on the ground to try to catch as much as possible the illegal that are crossing over. But the fact that we, we actually learned today from one of the Border Patrol that we spoke with is before President Joe Biden came into office, people were crossing a lot illegally. And they were trying to hide somewhere and trying to not be caught. But since Joe Biden took office, now the, the migrants who are crossing illegally, they want to be caught. They want to be taken by the Border Patrol and being processed because they know that they can claim a refugee status. But the thing is interesting here is, Governor Greg Abbott are, is fighting back, is not backing down, and he wants to protect this area where the state is next to Mexico, where people are crossing. But in Arizona, where the governor there is Democrat, apparently, speaking by a journalist who are, who, what, <clears throat> but talking to, but talking about Arizona, we know by a journalist who is reporting there also, saying that it's a Democrat state and the flood of illegals are just going in. So, of course, we can maybe rectify a part of Texas, but they need also to look into Arizona. Um, also, we went into Mexico because we wanted to know what is going on there because we saw many videos online saying that oh, the military are doing operation to try to turn over migrants who try to come here and cross illegally. But of course, it's all speculation because they don't know really if they want to cross over. But obviously, if you are from, I don't know, I would say like Honduras and you are going to Piedras Negras, you want uh, probably to cross into the US. But 
we went there, we wanted to see by ourselves, we talked with some military, we talked with some people on the ground there, and what they were telling us is, yes, uh, apparently military are looking into buses that are coming up north, and they try to turn around to the south and migrant in the bus. So apparently Greg Abbott is putting a lot of pressure into the government of Mexico. So in Shelby Park right now, um, there is fences and the park is closed to the public because the governor Greg Abbott is taking over that park for the moment. Probably it's temporary. We don't know when it will reopen. But right now, the only person allowed to operate on this side is Texas National Guard and is also the Texas Department of Public Security. So we have those people operate there. They allowed and they grant access to the Border Patrol only to go to the river with their boat. Border Patrol mostly operate on the water. They do back and forth looking for any illegal crossing. They are also operate in Kemado a little bit outside. They are looking for any illegal crossing, but mostly during the night because they have a lot of power with camera and sensor. So they can actually see during the day if there is some uh, activity. Um, so a lot of people were a lot of people were interested to see if the Fed will come and try to cut more razor wire. But the thing is, there is an argumentation between Ken Paxton, the general attorney of Texas, and also the federal administration to know who owned this land. Because this land is the property of Texas. Us read in the document of King Paxton saying that if the federal can prove that this parcel of land or other parcel of land is there, there, they they will let them like operate and they will just remove themselves. But since it's the state property, they say they have the rights to do whatever they want. If they want to protect and enforce the protection, they can do it. So we'll see what will happen. And uh, we continue our investigation. Right now, there is a lot of media, a lot of people are around, and we will see if um, something will happen uh, tomorrow or today, since uh, there is a lot of activity this weekend that's coming up. Hey, Ezra, thanks so much for having me on. I, I guess I'll just add a little bit uh, to what my colleague Alexis said. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect when we came down here. One thing for sure is that we thought we would see a lot of illegal migrants crossing into the USA, uh, specifically here in Eagle Pass, but it hasn't been the case. Uh, we haven't seen any cross. Um, a couple few factors that play into that. Shelby Park behind me right now is closed to the public. Uh, you can get media access, but even then it's just a confined area that you're allowed in to film. Uh, I believe before before uh, the park was closed, you were able to go right up to the river. So it's the Rio Grande that splits Mexico and the USA uh, at this southern border. So yeah, we haven't seen any illegal migrants cross in Eagle Pass. We have seen many reports of uh, people still crossing illegally in Comato, 
Kumato is about uh, 20 miles uh, from here. It's about 25 minute drive. And uh, we can pretty much confirm that people are still crossing there, although we haven't seen it for our own eyes. We've done a lot, a lot of uh, just waiting around and driving around that, that little town, uh, Kamado. It's so, so small. Uh, you can basically drive through the entire town in about 30 seconds. And uh, we've spent a lot of time, it's a very rural area and it's really, really close to the border. We spent a lot of time there and we haven't seen anything. We see a lot of border patrol agents driving around and we actually got pulled over by two border patrol agents. It was, we were just doing loops in this specific area and uh, for a couple hours and then uh, near the end of the night, we, uh, we were doing the same loops we always were and the border patrol just pulled a quick Huey, two of them followed us and I think they were actually following us to see where we were gonna end up and where we were gonna go. Maybe they thought we were smugglers, who knows? But uh, we could tell that they were definitely following us. So I just said to Alexa, I said, just pull over here. It was a little truck stop and let's see if uh, if they follow us there. And as soon as we put on the, uh, the uh, right signal, they had the lights on. They came in right behind us and uh, two of them, one of them came out, flashlight, mask, asked us what we were doing, we were filming. And I think as soon as he saw us filming, he realized that we're just media. Let's, we can actually show you that clip right now. Two. Hi. How are you? Good, good, good. How's it going? What's going on? Where are you guys coming from? Are you guys from media? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. We are just looking for activity. Activity. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. We just see you around. It just looks. Yeah, no. Uh, we just uh, we've been like suggested by other local news to okay. do some turnaround because guys, it's what, what news media are you guys? Canadian. Oh, Canadian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys Canadian? Yeah. Oh, nice Montreal, time. Toronto. Oh, alrighty. <laughs> Alright, well. This is Eagle Pass. Yeah. You guys uh, be safe around here, okay? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, like I said, we haven't seen any illegal migrants uh, crossing into uh, Eagle Pass. We haven't seen any in Kamado. Um, I guess uh, this is somewhat working, but one thing we have are as in so I guess the uh, the new measures, such as the razor wires, the Texas National Guard being here, I guess it, it seems to be working in this specific area, but this border is so, so big that it's, uh, I, I don't know how they can ever stop stop this completely, stop illegal migrants from coming completely. I, that would be a very difficult uh, task in my opinion. Uh, some other things that are interesting, we went into Mexico and uh, just because we heard that uh, some illegal migrants were getting turned around in Mexico by the Mexican military. We went across, uh, we saw some uh, Mexican military, but uh, we didn't uh, see too much activity with regards to illegal migrants. So one other interesting thing was when we entered Mexico, when we were on, uh, you walk across a bridge to get into Mexico. So as we were walking onto the bridge, this was like the, the first time that we could actually see uh, the Rio Grande, we we're right above the Rio Grande River, the river that splits Mexico and, or sorry, the river that splits this part of Mexico. And I believe it's called Piedras Negras and Eagle Pass. 
so we could see uh, for the first time just the amount of security measures that they have to try and prevent illegal crossings. The amount of razor wire, it's razor wire on razor wire on razor wire. And then right behind the razor wire, there is shipping containers lined up like a makeshift wall. So that is just the first level of, of, of security, I guess you could say. And then there's multiple other uh, fences of razor wall. So, or multiple other fences of razor wire. So uh, I'm not an expert in this, but I think it would be pretty challenging to, to cross over and get through that. There's probably ways that the coyotes, the cartel, they can get around it, but it, it makes it, it makes it very difficult, that's for sure. The last point I'll leave you with, which I found kind of uh, interesting, is Dr. Phil is here. I think he's actually behind me right now as, as we speak. And uh, the only thing I could make from his visit was he seemed to be delivering a message, a, a piece to camera about the sheer amount of people that have crossed illegally into the USA. I think he said it's over 6 million people in the past couple of years. That is apparently more than the population of 33 states in America. So those numbers alone just show you the crazy influx of people that try to enter the USA. It seems like the word has gotten out. But one thing I can tell you is that it seems that things have seemed to slow down here in Eagle Pass. I can't say that for certain because I wasn't here before. This is my first time here, but from what I've seen online, from how things were in December and so on, that it seems that this has stopped illegal immigration for the most part here in Shelby Park in Eagle Pass. But I think there's always going to be uh, a way for people to get through and it's going to be very hard to, to stop everybody from coming in. Hi there, I'm recording the show just before 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the reason for that is at 4 p.m. Eastern time, I have to hop on a Zoom call that's an official court hearing in the Federal Court of Canada, what's called a case management meeting. There's a judge named Justice Simon Fothergill who is mediating between me and Rebel News on the one hand and David Lametti, on the other hand, the former Trudeau justice minister who quit parliament, actually today's his last day, I think, and he's going to skedaddle off to some fancy law firm in Montreal. But on his way out the door, he thought he would destroy all his public records on his government Twitter account. And I say again, it's not his personal Twitter account. I don't care about that. This is his ministerial Twitter account that had the gray check mark showing it was verified, that had the civil servants working on it. And that is a public document, a public record, an archive, really. I've never heard of another cabinet minister ever just deleting all his records before going out the door. That would be uh, like shredding every document in the room that, first of all, they're not yours to shred. And second of all, it's obvious why he's doing it. The Emergencies Act was struck down as illegal and unconstitutional. And there are hundreds of people who now have a case against the government for having their bank account seized and other things. And this little weasel wants to destroy all his records. So anyways, in just over an hour, I'm going to be on this case management hearing. What's the difference between a case management hearing and another hearing? 
We wanted this hearing so quickly because it's such an emergency, we had to seek special permission from a judge. Normally, you file a lawsuit, the other guy files a defense, months go by, things turn into years. Well, we can't have that risk here because Lametti's actually, today is his last day and he wants to destroy this now. He actually pushed the destroy button. He temporarily reinstated his, um, his Twitter account. So I... Again, this is happening one hour after I record the show, but we're going to have a case management hearing where our goal is to get a judge to have what's called an interim order. Just in the meantime, while before we have a full hearing, judge, order Lametti not to destroy anything. Just do it, and we can have a full hearing later. There's no harm to ordering him to keep it up, whereas letting him shut it down would be irreparable harm. Once that stuff's destroyed, you can't get it back. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we got great lawyers. One of our winningest lawyers, Chad Williamson from Calgary, is on the file. He's the guy who we beat Stephen Gilbo with. He's the guy who we beat Trudeau in 2021. We tried to ban our reporters from the leaders' debate. So I'm, I'm optimistic. Chad's a real fighter. And um, he will be part of our team. We also have Scott Nickel, another lawyer. So I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, when you're up against the justice minister, that's... I mean, I, I'm not intimidated by David Lemetti. I just look at him and I see the weasel who replaced Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, the most ethical justice minister in a generation. And I see Lemetti as the guy who really stole her job. So I, I look down on him disparagingly. But I got to imagine it's slightly intimidating for a judge to be asked to, to, to accept a lawsuit against a justice minister. Like, that's, that's crazy when you think about it, and maybe that's the reason why we're the only ones doing it. Where's the police? Where's the RCMP? Where's the current justice minister? Where's parliament? Where's anybody? We're there all alone. If you can help us out, please do. I really need your help. I mean, we are up against the former justice minister, his Department of Justice government lawyer, and his personal lawyer, and, and we can't let up. We have to be there. If you go to stopthecoverup.com, you can see our lawsuit. And, and we really need the help because this guy, I think what he's really afraid of is what's called direct messages, not just his public tweets, but his private direct messages, which, are, which he did in his government's capacity, his ministerial capacity. I think he doesn't want those coming to light. Anyways, that'll happen uh, in about an hour's time. I'll let you know either over the weekend or on Monday. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.